Welcome to Gardening Talk, back on to and you are FM. Greg Richard here, joined by Scott Sharp. Scott, great to see you back in the studio once again. Yes, thank you. Lovely and warm in here. Now, if I was going to talk about knitting little baby jumpers for your plants today, you wouldn't be surprised, would you? I wouldn't be surprised at all. Are you going to talk about that today? No, I'm not going oh, okay. to. But okay. look, there, there, we might talk about uh, some products you can use to try and stop the plants from drying out in these you know, low humid uh, humidity conditions and all the winds. So we'll yep. talk about that. Uh, beetroot. Oh, beautiful beetroot. Yes, what a versatile little plant, so easy to grow. We'll talk about that as well. And also, staking plants, the wind's blowing, how to stake your plants properly. Okay, with a stick, I would imagine. Yes, yeah, but it's a little bit more detailed than that, so we'll, oh, we'll, get, we'll go through that <laughs> yeah. just to fill it everyone in. Now, you mentioned, Scott, that about it's windy conditions... You need to put stakes in the ground for the support your plants. Yes, you, you really do at the moment, uh, especially if you've got you know, standard roses like you know iceberg roses. Yep. Um, they're really susceptible to the snapping because they've got such a big, heavy head on them. Uh, if you've only put them in the ground, you know, quite recently, uh, then the you know the budded um, you know wild rootstock stem isn't quite strong enough, so uh, it sort of flops around, and eventually you'll get them. You know, they will break. Uh, don't always rely on the stake that was there. Uh, and put into you know into the pot that you might get one that's actually pre-staked. Don't always rely on that because it's usually quite thin too, aren't they? Yeah, and and if you imagine the pot, it's only really that far down, down in the it, ground, yeah. so you need a bigger stake. Don't take that one off necessarily. Just put another one in, you know, beside it or yep. on the other side of the plant. Um, I think the main thing, yeah, is to have a nice thick stake in there. So don't skimp on that. Uh, try and get a hardwood one as well if you can, uh, because they just last a lot longer. They won't rot off at the base uh, quite as easily. Now, don't get use string uh, or anything like you know very thin. Uh, to actually tie up the plant. Right, because uh, that will like, cut into the plant. It, it certainly will, yeah. And don't tie it too tight either because it just sort of, as it moves around, it just goes straight through the plant. Uh, you best to get some jute webbing. It's uh, like hessian. Okay. Yep. Yeah, nice and thick. Uh, you can double it around the plant if you want to. You can also use budding tape as well. It's a plastic tape that you can get. And the strength from that, even though you can sort of break it, it's quite flimsy. Once you start to wrap it around a few times, it, it's very good and very strong. Yep. So you get the strength out of that and it won't cut into the plant. That's, that's an important thing. Uh, some people use old stockings. Okay, yep. I was going to say some sort of cloth or... Yes, yeah, yeah. I, I haven't got any old stockings lying around so my wardrobe necessarily. Tearing up the bed sheets or something? Or? You could do that. Uh, some old bandages. You know, if you go into the medicine cabinet, you might find some, you know, bandages you want to use. So. Probably clean them first though, wouldn't you? Or? Well, it depends, yeah. yeah. Was it wounds you might have been treating, but... Do you think it's been seeping out of anything? Or? No, nothing no. like that, no. <laughs> they <don't> seepage. <laughs> but look, that's going to keep the plant nice and safe because it's uh, not going to uh, cut into the plant, as you said. Uh, look, the other thing to do is, you know, if you can have uh, two or three stakes around the plant to stop it blowing, you know, one way or the other, always just leave it a little bit loose. Don't have it so incredibly tight that the plant's not going to move because it doesn't help the root system. Uh, you know, start to strengthen down there. So if there's a little bit of movement, that's fine with the plant, but not too much. Uh, and make sure if you have got iceberg roses like we were talking about originally, uh, stake right up uh, near the head of it to try and stop that waggling around in the wind. But uh, yeah, really important. Drive those stakes down into the ground as deeply as you can and then tie up everything nice and tight. Uh, make sure everything's being really well watered at the moment. Right out. Too easy. Scott Sharp. Thank you. Thank you, but we've still got more to go. I, I, I thought you were about to uh, to chuff me off then. <laughs> to wrap it all up early. <laughs>
Now, Scott, you talked about beetroot a little bit earlier. Beautiful beetroot. Oh, I love beetroot. It's uh, it's such an easy plant to grow, but it's so tasty as well. It's sweet. It's juicy. It's all of those things. Well, some people don't like beetroot. How can you like beetroot? Oh, look, I know there's the old, oh, I don't like Brussels sprouts thing, but... I think you're mad if you don't like Brussels sprouts. The only... Well, that, that's right. The only thing about I find with beetroot, though, is if I'm wearing... Any coloured shirt that's basically not black or dark blue, it's coming. It's all over me. You know you've got beetroot all over you. Yeah. If I've got a bright white shirt on, yep, it's straight in my lap. I have to wear a bib or something. I do need that. Almost a raincoat when I start eating beetroot. <laughs> that's how bad I am. But look, a really easy plant to grow. The great thing about it is you can, you can grow it in pots as well. Really? Yep. It doesn't have to be an incredibly deep pot either. I'm doing the old hand gesture here and I'm saying, what's that about? It's probably a... Yeah. A bit, a bit more than a hand to the elbow? Yeah, elbow to, to hand. I reckon that'd be a bit deeper. Yeah, 40, 50 centimetres deep. That'll do you with a, a beetroot. The main thing to do, though, is keep uh, watering it well because you don't want the actual you know tuber to, to shrivel up and go dry. You want it yep. to be nice and juicy. Uh, so, yeah, look, uh, they uh, need a bit of sun, though, so full sun if you can. You can plant them pretty much all year round here in Newcastle. Um, so you, they will be available in your local garden centre, you know, pretty much all year round. If you're going to do them in pots, just a very, very good potting mix. Otherwise, just a nice medium rich soil. As I said, water them regularly. Now, people often say, how long? Uh, it's about uh, eight to ten weeks. till you get a full beetroot. beetroot. yep, coming out of the ground. And I always say when you start to see that, uh, you know, that swollen tube is starting to push up through the top of the soil. You're getting very close right. at that point in time. So, yeah, about 10 weeks, uh, really easy to grow. Again, no real pest and disease. Uh, you might get some oh, nice. yeah, white fly, but look at this time of year, that's not going to be an issue. That's yep. only around, uh, you know, January, February that you start to get white fly here in Newcastle. So, um, yeah, look, a, a great plant. Uh, I guess I decided to talk about it because we had some yummy stuff on uh, Saturday night for dinner. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was just sort of all mushed up, some lemon juice, a bit of pepper in it, and on some toast. It was like, yeah, it was very yummy. Very fancy. Oh, no, it was very fancy. And, and okay. well, I'm not going to say it was easy to make because I had no part in that. <laughs> so As far as you know, it looked easy to make. Yeah, look, and I can't even say that I actually planted and grew that particular beetroot. <laughs> so I didn't have a hand in, in the dinner at all. But, uh, look, if you've got a, a, a nice plot uh, in the you want something easy to grow if you've just got a, a sunny veranda you want something easy to grow go grab a few pots uh you know you could probably in a in a round pot say uh, 250 mil across you might get two plants in there yep uh, but just make sure you're watering them i was really surprised well. you could use pots yeah. Being a root vegetable? Well, it's it's because they're not incredibly deep. That's but you do need a little bit of depth there. You yep. couldn't you know put them into a shallow pot. Obviously, uh, I've grown them in in pots uh, about that size. Uh, you know that forty to fifty centimeters deep size uh, quite successfully. Oh, excellent! Yeah, beetroots. You need it to be that easy. Yep, just uh, some regular fertilising with them, uh, some liquid fertiliser because they're nice and quick growing, uh, and uh, yeah, Bob's your uncle with them. <laughs> now, Scott, why I've got your ear. I should probably take full advantage of this. I've just got a little bit of a sweet potato I've cut up the top off. Yes. But it's sprouted and gone up, and actually the sprouts are getting quite big. Is it easy just to plant and start growing your own sweet potatoes? Or? Yes, you certainly can do that. It's the same as growing a normal potato. You get that little eye. Um, yep. You cut those out. You can plant those if you want to. Sweet potato, you've got to be careful. It's a little bit frost sensitive, so it might not uh, be the best time. Yes, to stick it outside straight away. If you wanted to, you've got a veranda at your place. 
yes. Yes, well, you could uh, put it into a bigger pot if you wanted to, keep it out on the veranda, keep on watering it nicely. Yep. And uh, once we get to some slightly warmer times, you know, mid-August, for instance, yep. when the frosts are, you know, that really cold settling or the cold winds that we've got go away, right. you can uh, stick that out in the garden and let it ramble and off you go. All right, so that's... Yeah. Pretty easy to do. Yeah, I, don't, is, yeah. I don't need a big massive pot when I put it outside. Or well, no, you don't. Just enough to keep it uh, going, going and growing yep. uh, for the next couple of months, uh, and then it's about oh, three months through or four months, and then you get sweet potatoes out of it. They can take over a little bit, so you have to be careful about that. Oh, okay, that's all right. Yeah, just let it. You know, try and contain it or wind it in into a certain area. Yep. But uh, yeah, really easy to grow. What do you cook with your sweet potato? Just roast it, or oh, you can roast it. All sorts of things. Yeah, you could probably prone a bit of mash or. Yes, very nice. If you can nice. perfect the sweet potato chip, I think you're laughing. Oh, yes. I think that that's an ideal one. And I've noticed there's actually beetroot chips as well, just to go back to really? the beautiful beetroot. Yes. You just, just shavings of beetroot? I think, yeah, you just slice it, probably stick it in the oven and uh, sort of roast it off like that. Very nice. And we've got Louise from Adamstown, and she's got agave in flour. Good afternoon, Louise. How can we help you? Hi, Scott. I've got a giant agave. Well, I've got quite a few in my backyard, um, and they're beautiful, but one has flowered with this big thing coming out of the middle of it. Yes. Which I assume is a flower. It is the flower, yes. Yes. What do I do about that? Do I just let it go? Well, look, yes, you have to. Unfortunately, when agaves flower, uh, it it means that they're coming towards the end of their time here on, on... Oh. On the earth, yeah. yeah. So they, they flower and then unfortunately they've used up so much energy for that flower to take place because the flowers are absolutely enormous on them. Oh, they're huge. Yeah, so the, the plant will start to die off now. Uh, so you can collect the seed that's formed and replant it if you want to. Uh, sometimes agaves, they, they pup out of the side, so you might find yes. that's another way that the, the actual plant will keep on regenerating. But unfortunately, that main plant, once it flowers, uh, will die off. Okay, yeah. I've got, it's got about eight pups on the side, so I'll take those off and, yeah. and replant them. That's that's the best thing to do. Uh, and then once the other, it'll just start to sort of yellow off and flop over, and eventually it'll just die off. You okay. Can, you can, if you get to them early enough, uh, try and cut the flower out. Uh, look, some people say that it uh, lets them keep on, you know, living a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it's usually an indicator that you know if they've started flowering, they're getting towards the end of their natural life. And right. uh, yeah, they're ready to, ready to give it up. So that that's why they do flower. Uh, it's a bit unfortunate, but the the flowers are just spectacular on them as well. Oh, it's amazing! You should. It's so big, and it's like it's turning into an arch. Yes, they, out so far, and it's just like an arch. Yes, and look, if there's bees around, they're probably the bees are getting blown around at the moment today. They yeah. uh, they they really love the 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 uh, you know the flowers that come out there as well. There's just so many. They'll they'll sort of hang around. They'll really enjoy that. Uh, and apparently that's so you can make you know you get that agave sort of syrupy sort of thing that yeah. you get for, for cocktails yeah that's uh, it's a little bit expensive but that's why because the agave is only flower you know once so often so to actually get that uh, that nectar um, it's uh, yeah quite a difficult thing to do so yeah, that's oh, okay. why it's so, so expensive wow okay yeah. then Okay, well, but, thank you so much. Yeah, so sorry about that. Unfortunately, yeah, it is going to um, give up the ghost on you. Um, not much you can do about it, but as you, yeah. you're doing, collect those pups and replant them. I will. Thanks so much for your okay. time. Thanks for the call, Louise. Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. They go, so they go with a bit of a bang then, basically. They do. They do They do go off and, and unfortunately 
So you can't cut the flower out? or You can try early on if you see it starting to yep. come out. Uh, look, some people say it will work. Yep. Uh, but generally, look, in my experience, once it starts to flower, it's uh, the plant's, you know, towards the end of its life anyway. Right. Yeah. So you, you wouldn't have to be adding it to an extra anymore if you cut it out? Oh, look, you might get a few extra months out of it. But uh, yeah, not, not much more than that. It And the flowers are spectacular. The spikes they get, they just go up and up and up probably... Oh, you know, I'm sort of imagining six, seven foot. <laughs> and uh, they, uh, yeah, it, it's just saying, drawing so much energy out of the plant that uh, it just can't keep on going after that. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. Oh, happy and sad note at the same time. It, it is, yes. but uh, you get those little pups coming out the side or you can collect the seeds if you want to. Hello, Dennis. How can we help you? Uh, how you going, Scott? Yeah, pretty well. Um, my question is, I've got a couple of coffee bushes and I have... It's loaded with berries on it, and they are red, and I believe that's when they are ripening, or are ripe. Um, and I've looked it up, and they grow most of them in the Atherton Tablelands. Yes, that's correct. Do I have to leave them on longer, given the climatic conditions down here, or are they... Or how do I tell if they're right? Yeah, well, look, if they have if they have changed colour now and and uh, gone to red, then it is time to to harvest them. Uh, you you can grow coffee down here in Newcastle quite successfully, but uh, yeah, it, the, the winter months sort of set the the actual plant back a little bit. In, in my experience, it's not a bad looking plant either. Uh, it's quite quite an attractive plant. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, nice sort of glossy, shiny leaves. Yeah. Uh, and then you get the, the coffee. But you need a protected spot for them. Uh, you, you do need to, uh, you know, try and keep them out of that full sun, uh, you know, between 2, 4 o'clock, uh, you know, in the really hot summer months here in Newcastle. Um, otherwise, you just have to be watering them really, really regularly. But, uh, yeah, look, you, you can grow them down here. Uh, a very easy plant. No real pest and disease on them. You've probably found out, Dennis. And, uh, yeah, but yeah. It, it is time to, to pull those off now and uh, do the roasting bit. I don't know about that part of it. I don't know how to drink it once it's roasted. I'm pretty good, pretty good at that. Um, but, yeah, the, the growing part I can handle, the, uh, the getting off. But, yeah, that roasting part apparently is quite a skill to it. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Well, a lot of steps, I think. But yes. I'll give it a go. Yeah, uh, so um, give that a go. I'm sure there's a YouTube video out there somewhere <laughs> to help help out with that. Hey, I've just looked at one. Yeah, um, but but look, don't, don't don't be surprised now uh, if the plant starts to look a bit ragged with the cold, you know, weather we've got with the wind. Uh, yeah. You know, they, but they they will come back an absolute treat uh, once the the warmer months come back. Uh, again, a very easy plant to look after here in Newcastle. Yeah, I think because we've had so much rain, this is the best crop I've ever seen on it. They're red all the way around <coughs> of the branches. So yeah, well, that, that that's really good. And like you said, up in the Atherton Tablelands, uh, you know, they like uh, plenty of water. They like those slightly warmer conditions. Um, so that's probably why you're getting such a, a really good looking plant at the moment. I've noticed when I've been growing them, I tried growing them in pots. Uh, look, they, they did all right, but if you let them dry out again, they'd start to get a bit, uh, you know, ragged around the edges and they didn't like that that really, really hot, um, you know, weather. Yep. But uh, yep. look, if you've got the right spot for them, uh, yeah, certainly give them a go and uh, you'll have great success. All right. You'll be able to smell it from there. Oh, very good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank you very much. That's all right. And I think, Greg, you're not, you're a latte person or a cappuccino? So oh, when Dennis I've is got, making... I've got enough to I'll try take either, either. It's, I'm fine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Dennis. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye-bye. It's Guarding Talkback on 2NURFM. We might have time for one more call. 
Oh, hello, Lynn. How can we help you? Oh, uh, look, I've got an anthurium that's, you know, in the right spot. It's got heaps of new leaves and it's got heaps of red flowers, but the leaves are slightly losing their green. They've got to be missing something, um, some mineral or something I could put in with them, perhaps. Yeah, look, I, I think you can. So yellowing leaves in an anthurium does mean that the plant's probably a little bit hungry. Uh, also, uh, they also don't necessarily like the cold conditions uh, that we've got at the moment as well because they're a, a tropical plant. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, we, we can't necessarily control that at the moment except for turning the heater up a little bit higher. And, you know, no, they... it's all right, Dale. It's on a, on a secluded sort of front, gets sun two or three hours a day, and it's it's not getting any cold wind or anything. It's out of the wind. Yeah, okay, good, good. So I would just go and grab a liquid fertiliser, uh, and, and one for indoor and flowering plants. There's lots of you know different liquid fertilisers out there. So when you get to your garden centre, have a quick chat with them about it or go up to the shelves. You'll see you know all the different uh, varieties that they've got now. But you want something for indoor and flowering plants. Okay. And just start using that regularly on it. Uh, a, it will help the flowering of the plant and you will probably turn around that yellowing of the leaves and you'll start to get lots of new growth on there as well. So. Oh, And that's why, because it, you know, it sounds like you've got a really healthy, you know, like a plant that's growing, but it's sucking all the nutrient out of the soil. So it needs a bit of a top up. Uh, so a liquid fertilizer is probably the best way to do that. If you want to, you can go and get some of that, you know, granule, uh, granulized fertilizer, the slow release ones that you know release over three to four months, and you Would can that use be strong enough. Well, you can use that as well as the liquid fertilizer. Oh, good. Yeah. Thank okay. you, Dale. Okay. Thanks bye very bye. much for the call, Lynn. Bye. Bye bye. That's all we've got time for a gardening talk about this week, Scott Sharp. We'll catch you again in two weeks' time. Two weeks' time, long weekend. Rug up. I will be. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.